Hello, everyone. It is Video Game Fury. I hope you are doing well out there. Yes, we have a second episode this week. This is very, very uncommon for me, but I'm feeling the groove and the time to talk video games with you. And we haven't done reviews in a while here, and that's you know a lot of my fault here because, I mean, I just don't have as much time to play games as I do. If I do it, I do it on my Twitch stream, which you can find, by the way, twitch.tv slash Video Game Fury 7.9. If you ever want to check out my streams, I would appreciate your follow on there if you want to check it out. But beyond that, it is really my only time that I can uh, play actual new games there. Offline play is very hard for someone who works full-time and has a, a kid and family to support. So, But I did, because of the Twitch streams that I do do, I have been able to get a few newer games out of the docket here. And since we're here today, I want to talk about Halo Infinite, a game that came out by Microsoft and 343 uh, across Xbox and PC platforms, Game Pass. If you're in Game Pass, you get it for free. Great deal there as well. Um, this came out just this past December. It doesn't, feels, it doesn't feel like it's long ago, but then again, we're in the, the midst of Q1 releases like crazy between Horizon and Elden Ring and Tiny Tina and Dying Night 2. So it's, it's just nuts to think that we're already at this point there and Halo Infinite only literally just came out a few months ago. Uh, but that is the world of video games. Uh, we move on to the next thing once we're done with the hype of the other. But I, would, I do want to get back to it, though, even though it is in the back mirror right now. And we'll get into some of that in a second here. But I did want to give my review for the Halo Infinite campaign. And I just got this finished up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we actually, what was really helped me here, really helped me appreciate uh, getting up to this run so far, is that we did a whole Halo playthrough of the entire franchise dating back to November. We went through 1 through 5. We did ODST. We did Halo Reach. And we even did the strategy games, Halo Wars 1 and 2. Uh, which I'm very glad I got to do, by the way. Um, I was thinking for the sake of time, because I wanted to get that and get you know part of the conversation going by going right to Infinite after I played through all those games here. And some of my chat on Twitch was like, man, I was really looking forward to seeing those games. I've been very curious. I was like, you know what? I should do it just to complete the whole story. And really, as someone who grew up in the RTS genre back in the day. I can remember in the 90s on PC being a major StarCraft 1 fan, playing through Command and Conquer Red Alert and the original Warcraft and Age of Empires. Like, I owe it to myself to see where this is going here. I'd be very curious to see where an RTS with the Halo stamp on it would look like. And I am was very pleasantly surprised at how much I loved those, those two games there. More so two than one. One was a solid game that kind of set the tone of what it does, but it's really two uh, from the folks at Creative Assembly who creates the Total War games that really hammered it home here. And if we're being honest with ourselves, um, going into Halo Infinite, really Halo Infinite is more sequel to Halo Wars 2 than it is Halo 5, if we're being honest. And granted, yes, Halo Infinite is your traditional first-person shooter, so you would think that, yes, it should be more sequel to Halo 5. But a lot of the elements of Wars 2 got to play here because of the major villain in the game, or major villains, I should say, with the, with the Banished, which were introduced in Halo Wars 2. Created a great villain, and Atriox in that game really sold it home about his motivations and what he was doing on the Zeta Halo. And it got me excited after I rolled credits and got to see some of the post-credit scenes where this was going to go. And so... 
that gets us to Halo Infinite's campaign. And I will say this right off the bat. This is 343's best Halo game. And I'm sure you're looking at that now and saying to yourself, well, that's probably not saying much. <laughs> and I could see why you would think that, because Halo 4 and 5, if you guys don't know the history of those two games. So first off, obviously, 343 had picked up the reins from Bungie. This was around like 2000, was it 2007 or 2009? I always mixed the year up. And it was after they had finished work on Halo Reach, uh, which now that I think about it, I think it actually is 2009. Uh, so Bungie was done. They didn't want to make any more Halo games. They wanted to branch out and do their own thing. So they uh, broke free from Microsoft and Independence. We all know Bungie now uh, started the, uh, the Dusty franchise. They're now bought by Sony. So... Their, their, their episode has been covered in a, another episode. We covered the Sony Buys Bungie piece in a previous episode here on Video Game Fury. So at that point, you know, Halo is the big franchise that put Microsoft and Xbox on the map. So, of course, they weren't going to let that franchise go. And so they created their own studio in 343 to take the reins, and thus Halo 4 uh, was coming onto the market. And really, here's the thing there so again as i mentioned earlier we did a whole halo franchise playthrough on my twitch stream over the last few months when i got to four and five first off some of the controversy behind the game here is probably not warranted the games play great in fact when i was playing four again i started to realize man there's actually they so they totally nailed the gameplay that bungie was known for and with the shooting and the, and the movement and everything there they nailed that to a t and then added much more to it. Like I was piloting mantises. I was just piloting the usual stuff, the ghosts and the, the scorpions. And, but then they had like the mantises. Uh, then they added, you know, this, this, this set of games was based on the Prometheans. So you had Promethean guns to kind of mix things up. Like there was actually a lot of interesting gameplay elements. It felt really good to play uh, Halo 4 and 5. Where people will push it down is its campaign elements. It was not a very compelling campaign arc. So much so that really the only thing that they focused on was the relationship between Master Chief and Cortana. You could easily have like forgotten that there was something else going on, that the Prometheans were around, that a couple of the Forerunners were coming back and trying to uh, wipe out humanity again. Um, but people would just remember really that, that relationship they were building there. Um, and I think that's really what it comes down to most. I mean, Halo is one of those first-person shooters, especially in this day and age, where you know, like games like Call of Duty can get away without having a compelling campaign because the, the multiplayer, including its Warzone uh, battle royale, make insane amount of money, amount of money for Activision. Um, that may come to a head very soon because I know they're not doing a Call of Duty next year, but still. It's one of those things where first-person shooters don't rely on that stuff too much. Halo does. The campaign element and the lore that's been built over the last 20 years is something that really sets it apart. And why people hold it in such, uh, what the word is, reverity or uh, high esteem, I guess, if you will. I'm making up words as I go along here. It's why that 4 and 5 didn't really go the snuff for a lot of people. That play great, as I said earlier. Love playing it when I when I decide to play it again but it just never really gelled with people and especially five being a bigger offender when they introduced spartan lock and his team there and obviously they were trying to go more for like co-op play uh this time around too but 
you know, they did it again. They tried to introduce it. And eventually, you know, they did this a Halo 2 as well. They put a new character into the Arbiter. The problem is with the Arbiter, the Arbiter was much more compelling a character uh, than Spartan Locke and his group. Um, they could have been just Spartan Marine number one, two, three, and it would have worked just the same. There just wasn't a lot of personality to that group. And they took up a good, I would say, a good 75% of the playthrough uh, when you're playing compared to the 25% when you're playing as Master Chief and his crew. So that that element didn't help either. So there was a lot. There was a lot. I think definitely five is what really drove three four three back to really think the story. I mean, you got to remember too, Halo Five didn't release released in twenty fifteen, and Halo Infinite came out at the end of twenty twenty one. We've had at least about six years between Halo games, like the mainline Halo games. Obviously, Halo Wars Two came in between. I believe that came out in twenty seventeen. But it's been a long time since we had a mainline Halo game that, regardless of what we may think of the story arc going here, something that they need to see through. And so you could see for a while that they were really thinking about this. And it was obviously a point that, you know, they were, looked like they were getting ready to get it going in 2020. But then obviously things like, you know, a lot of back and forth. There's supposedly a Bloomberg article about there about some of the the controversy about the development of the game. It's, I think it's been scrapped a couple of times as far as the design. And then of course COVID happened, the pandemic, and forced everyone to work from home. That didn't help things too. Uh, it finally came to a head that as much as they wanted to get that game launched in time for the debut of the Xbox Series X and S, it just wasn't going to work. And you can thank the uh, creative director Joseph Statham who came out and said, "We need a year." to fix a lot of things here and get this right. And so, you know, bold move on Microsoft's part to say, all right, we, we're going to go with this. We're going to make this game come out in 2021. And it was the right move. Visually speaking, Halo Infinite, very stunning to look at. Nothing next-gen crazy, if you will. Like, you I mean, otherwise, it was definitely a solid, much more solid visual show compared to its... Uh, its demo back in 2020 that that one was just disastrous it had a lot of memes not very good memes by the way uh, that came out of it but this, but in this case the year delay really helped a lot of textures very good lighting everything looked very shiny when you're going into like the metallic structures uh the, the the year of polish and bug fixing needed to do was absolutely well needed and that was the best call they could make to get that done now campaign what do we think about that I like the campaign. I definitely think there was, I'll get to this in a second here. There's definitely a little bit more they could have done, but what they gave us was pretty solid. Again, this was a big thing that was solid. They really tried to focus just on Master Chief. And now in this case with Cortana, it looks like something happens to Cortana here that this game supposedly takes place six months after Halo 5 um, and probably a couple months after Halo Wars 2. So they all make their way, Master Chief, the Infinity, make their way to the Zeta Halo and get promptly ambushed by the Banished. Uh, Atriox basically defeats and humiliates Master Chief, throws him at the airlock. And that was my first thing that was a little weird there. Like, that happened. It was a great way to open up. And eventually he gets recovered by this mysterious pilot that we learn about as time goes by. And Atriox is really nowhere to be seen. Basically, the focus then turns to his mentor, Eshram, uh, who is basically trying to mine the, the secrets of the Zeta Halo. He's working with this uh, uh, alien called the Harbinger to release this something called the Endless, which they're really hyping up as someone, as a, as a group of folks that are worse than the Flood. Now, 
and I put this out there for spoilers for you guys too. There, that's that's pretty bold to say um, when there was the flood going through the Halo games, especially Combat Evolved, when you first learn about the flood. That was I can remember being at a very terrifying experience with the first time I played. I was like, wow, this is an overwhelming enemy trying to take me out. And you tell me that this endless is worse than that. And again, spoilers, we don't find out about the endless really. But I mean, you find out where it's going when you beat the game and roll credits because there's an end credit scene at the very end where Atriox is making his way to do just that. I'm going to presume that is going to be DLC at some point since Halo Infinite is kind of being presented as a live service game. That all said, definitely powerful performances. I think this is the most emoted Master Chief has ever been. He's kind of been the silent soldier, just takes care of orders, does what needs to be done. But he has clearly affected uh, in the way that his relationship with Cortana has evolved and basically been shattered as a result of Halo 5. So you see him really wrestling with that. He ends up acquiring a new AI named Weapon, uh, same voice actress too for Cortana. So you can see there's a lot of conflict as he's picking up this new AI and wondering, is he going to have to do the same thing that he had to do for Cortana? And he, he wrestles with that through the entirety of the game. And that that's really compelling. And I, I really, that was the most emoted, emotional vibes you get from Master Chief. And I, you know, Steve Dodds definitely deserves a lot of praise for doing that very well. Uh, Weapon, I mean, again, same voice actress as Cortana. She did an incredible job. The pilot was pretty good and compelling too, even though he was kind of whiny after a while. Every stop he goes saying, don't you think we should get out of here? And Master Chief's like, no, we finished this fight. So <laughs> it seems to be a running theme and joke for the game here, which I think, I mean, it was nice to see a little, you know, humor in there every now and then. I think they could have not let loose as much as they hid when you consider the fact that basically humanity basically almost at least in that Zeta Halo got wiped out. I mean, you, I mean, you see this as you collect audio logs and go through the story of the game. I mean, 343 went for the juggler here and wiped out clean everything. No Infinity, no Captain Lasky, Spartan Lock in this group. I mean, they're supposedly not on the on a ship, but they're somewhere in the world. Where is the Arbiter? Is he still fighting that civil war on St. Helios that happened in Halo 5? We don't see him throughout the game. Uh, it really looked like that 343 really wanted to wipe the slate clean after a lot of the complaints they got for the campaigns for four and five. And in a way I understand it. Why do you want to do it that way? At the same time, I'm a believer that regardless of whatever an artist vision may be, if it not turned, even if it doesn't turn out the way you expected it, I still think the artist should see it through. It is their vision. It is what they want to do. And at the very least, this was supposedly the conclusion of it. I would have loved to see a lot more beyond just audio logs. Like, more visuals of like what happened to the infinity i would have loved to maybe play i don't know flashback episodes of that going on like if you're going to kill off or just dis disappear a lot of these characters i would have loved to see more background on this than just throw them into an audio log that you have to frantically search around the map and by the way it's a semi open world map this is the first halo game that is a semi open world map and i think it helps it's something i think they should have done a long time ago to uh, evolved the game, but here we are, and it, it worked great. I, I really enjoyed the side quest, going around different operating bases, trying to free them. There were a lot of there's a lot of variety to making that happen. 
Uh, you get you have to go rescue other squads. You have to collect the audio logs. I said there's propaganda towers you have to destroy. Uh, high value targets that you get uh, high value weaponry for if you take them out. There's a lot of interesting stuff to do so. And in fact that you know again and in fact it played so well to do it. And again gameplay. Oh my god, the gameplay is still great. And the grapple shot was probably the biggest greatest single addition they could add to that game. It added, there was so much fluidity to being Master Chief now because of that grapple shot. And since you have a very um, quick cooldown as you do it, you can I've I've had I had moments where I didn't need to drive anything. I would abandon the ghost or the mongoose to just go on my grapple shot and go you know start swinging like Spider-Man around the Halo ring. Uh, it, it works that well and gets you around the map that quick. And of course for for fighting, it has its elements too there. If you upgrade it enough, you can ground pound. You can, if you attach it to an enemy, you can shock them as you're zeroing in on them. There's so many, again, just like I said, when you're taking down those bases, there's so many different ways you can approach these enemies at these bases. And I think that adds a lot of great new gameplay elements that I'm sure they could potentially add upon as they continue to enhance the story or add new modes or whatever they're doing with Halo Infinite next. It's a really great game. Definitely 343's best offering as far as the campaigns go. Again, I really wish they didn't bend over knee to the fan criticism and just see it through to the end. They may have had to take the heat a little bit more, but at least they would have seen their vision through. That's just my opinion. I know a lot of other folks are really offended by that, but get over it. <laughs> uh, but it was it was good and just leaves you with a lot of questions. I think that I think you definitely tell through the reworking of the game. Uh, they did have to scrap it a couple times that there definitely were a few elements of the story that they cut out in doing it here. But it still did a good job of what it does. And I, I applaud 343 for not only getting it done, but really, really having the guts to say to Microsoft, this game is not ready in 2020. We cannot get this game out for your new systems. And and thankfully, I think like Microsoft, I mean, yes, they didn't have anything to launch, for Series X and S, but definitely plugged hard the third-party offerings, plugged hard the quality of life features. Game Pass was a huge thing for them uh, to plug for the new systems too. So they at least had something to go with for them, even if they didn't get the, the big Halo game that got them on the map 20 years ago. Uh, it ends up working out a year later for them that Halo Infinite's campaign turns out to be really good. So much props to 343 for that. I really I do worry about the future though. Their roadmap is getting pushed out quite a bit. Stated went on Twitter recently saying that they had to delay the release of co-op in the campaign and the Forge uh, creation mode. Their their multiplayer has a little less to be desired. Their, their numbers on there seem to be going down as far as active users playing. Not really compelling a lot of the stuff they're doing in the seasons. I know that when they launched the multiplayer, there were huge problems with the progression system. That's been pretty well documented for a while. So I don't need to go into that too much. It's definitely got a little better, but there's still a lot of work needs to be done. So I do worry about the future right now because the game as as being plugged with something that is big on the multiplayer, going for the live service model, there just is not a lot to seem to be going on right now. When you compare that, when you compare that to the other studio that put Halo on the map and Bungie, who really reinvented themselves with Destiny 2 and put that their own seasonal models that have really hit home for a lot of folks, especially with the Witch Queen that just came out. I think 343 has got a lot of thinking work to do if they really want this a game to have really consistent content coming out and 
in doing so, getting those users to keep coming back. Because right now, I just don't see it happening. One campaign, as good as it was, is just not going to be enough. They're going to want more. So I wish the best for 343. They did put out a great campaign as it was. Uh, I Again, I do worry about the future of the roadmap, where it's going. But what they gave out right now is pretty good. Love to hear your thoughts and comments here. Comment on the show. Leave a leave a recording here if you want to get on the show. We can talk about it for next time. So thank you guys for listening to Video Game Fury today. Love you guys. Hope you're doing well out there. I'll catch you all guys for the next episode.